This podcast is a production of Faith Living Church. If you like what you hear, join us for church sometime in our Plantsville, Connecticut location, Saturdays, 6 p.m., or Sundays, 9 and 11 a.m., or online anytime at faithlivingchurch.com. Uh, and we started talking about, last week, prayer that works. And I think I'd said last week, I probably should have changed the word, praying that works. And I think all of us would like a higher percentage of our prayers being answered. Is that right? I mean, we, we would like it 100% of our prayers to be answered, you know? But I do believe that we can learn more and more about God's word and how to get our prayers answered because he wants to answer our prayers. It's not like God's going, oh, there's another one. I got to answer his prayer. That's not it at all. He wants to answer our prayer. It brings glory to God by doing so. Anyhow, uh, you can read in the United States history how George Washington found rest and relief in prayer during the trying times he and his soldiers passed through at Valley Forge. With all the cares and anxieties of that time upon him, his remedy for stress was to pray. One day, a farmer approaching the camp heard an earnest voice, and as he came nearer, he saw George Washington on his knees, his cheeks wet with tears, praying to God. The farmer returned home and said to his wife, George Washington will succeed. George Washington will succeed. The Americans will secure their independence. What makes you think so, Isaac? Asked his wife. The farmer replied, I heard him pray. Hannah, out there in the woods today, and the Lord will surely hear his prayers. He will, Hannah. You may rest assured he will. You know, uh, we're celebrating a holiday this week sometime. What do they call that thing? Fourth of July or Independence. Independence Day. And see, independence is a fantastic thing. Independence from, you know, tyranny, you know, tyrants ruling and governing and all that kinds of stuff. But sometimes we, we use our freedoms. Well, the, uh, the Bible tells not to use our, our liberty for an occasion to the flesh. And sometimes we do that. And so if I would really challenge you as we're celebrating our you know, independence from tyranny, that we would think about our dependence, our dependence upon Almighty God. He loves us. And he cares about us. And he'll provide all the things that we have need of. He really will. Anyhow, uh, here's an article I came across. Dr. Will Mayo said, I have seen patients that were dead by all standards, and we knew they couldn't live. But I have seen believers come to the bedsides and do something for him that I could not do, although I have done everything in my professional power. But something touched something immortal, some immortal spark in him, and in defiance of medical knowledge and materialistic common sense, the patient lived. So says Dr. Will, he and his brother, Dr. Charles, the Mayo brothers were the founders of the world-famed Mayo Clinic. And they made statements that there are times beyond anything we can do, God answers prayer and miracles happen. It's true. Science proves it over and over. They don't understand it, you know, but it happens. And I am telling you, we can learn. Now, there is a time for us all. We have an appointment to see God. 
But I do know while we're here, God wants to answer our prayers. He genuinely does. He wouldn't have filled the Bible with all these things about praying if he didn't want us to pray. But we want to learn how to do it most effectively. So let me read a verse. I read it last week as we started talking about prayer that works. And I want to read it again this morning. It's just Hebrews eleven six, And it says, so you see, it is impossible to please God without faith. If you don't have faith, I don't care what you do, you cannot possibly please God. You've got to believe that he is. And you've got to believe that he rewards those who sincerely and diligently seek him. The Bible says that. You cannot please him otherwise. No matter what you do in life, if you don't have faith in God, you cannot please him. It is impossible, he says, to please God without faith. Uh, Dwight Nelson recently told a true story about the pastor of his church. and uh, His pastor had a kitten that climbed up a tree in his backyard and then was afraid to come down. The pastor coaxed, offered warm milk and other things. The kitty would not come down. The tree was not sturdy enough for the pastor to climb. So the pastor decided that if he tied a rope to his car and to the tree and drove away so that the tree would bend down, he could then reach up and get the kitten. And that's what he did. All the while checking his progress in the mirror of his car, he then figured if he went just a little bit further, the tree would be bent sufficiently for him to reach the kitten. But as he moved the car a little further, the rope broke. And the tree went, Boing! And the kitten instantly sailed through the air completely out of sight. <laughs> By the way, you're laughing. I see some of you don't like cats, you know. To... It was a catapult. That's what my wife told me. Okay. That was her idea. Okay. Good idea. Anyhow. The pastor felt terrible and he walked all over the neighborhood asking people if they had seen a little kitten. No, nobody had seen a stray kitten. So he prayed, Lord, I just commit this kitten to your keeping. And he went on about his business. A few days later, he was at the grocery store and he met one of his church members. And he happened to look into her shopping cart and he was amazed to see cat food. This woman was a cat hater and everyone knew it. So he asked her, why are you buying cat food when you hate cats so much? She replied, you won't believe this. <laughs> and then she told him how her little girl had been begging for a cat. But she kept refusing her. And then a few days before, the child had begged again. So the mom finally told her little girl, well, if God gives you a cat, I'll let you keep it. So, she told the pastor, this is a true story, she told the pastor, I watched my child go outside in the yard, get on her knees, and ask God for a cat. And really, pastor, you won't believe this, but I saw it with my very own eyes. A kitten suddenly came flying out of the blue sky with its paws outspread and landed right in front of my daughter. Never underestimate 
the power of God and his desire, you know, to answer your prayers. Now, who, who caused that to happen? The little girl who was praying. Lord, please give me a kitten in such a way that her mom could not deny it. I, think, I mean, I want to go home and play with some kittens today. And Do we have some rope we can tie to that tree behind our house? I'm teasing you. But it is amazing that God wants to answer our prayers. You know, God's fun. He's exciting. He really is. He is not boring at all. God is not. Well, let me read you a passage because it's really important to getting your prayers answered. It's a passage that we started off with last week. And it's found in 1 John 3.21. And it says, Dear friends, if our conscience is clear, we can come to God with bold confidence. If our conscience is clear. Well, if we've got sin in our life, our conscience is not going to be clear. And, and so you're not going to be so bold going to God. Anyhow, the, the scripture tells in 1 John 1, 8 and 9, it says, if we claim that we have no sin, we're only fooling ourselves and we're not living in the truth. Verse 9 says, but if we confess our sins to him, if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. So when we are cleansed from all wickedness, when our sins are washed away, then our conscience is clear and we can go to God boldly. And there's a big difference between going to God very timidly and sheepishly or going boldly. So 1 John 3.21 again, it says, Dear friends, if our conscience is clear, we can come to God with bold confidence and we will receive Whatever we request, because we obey him and do the things that please him. And what pleases God? Faith. 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 He says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. So we've got to believe that he is. And we've got to believe that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. God does. He wants to answer our prayers. But we need to approach him in the very proper way. So when we do what we can to please Almighty God, we can expect our answers, you know, to our prayer. That's, that's just the truth of it. So it says in Isaiah 66, verse 2, it says, My hands have made both heaven and earth. This is God talking. And they are mine. My hands have made both heaven and earth, and, and they are mine. I, the Lord, have done what? I've spoken. Now, sometimes we think that's very insignificant, that word, but God had said in the very beginning, let there be light. And the sun just popped into existence. God spoke things into being. He created them with his words. And the fantastic thing is you are created in the very image of God. That's what the Bible says. You're created in the image of God. And what we speak and what we pray is powerful when our words come out of our mouth. And out of the abundance of our heart, our words will speak. So you get God's word in your heart. Oh, it's, it's powerful. It changes things when we pray. And then he goes on to say, I will bless those who have a humble and contrite hearts who tremble at my word. So we got to keep our heart right with God. Keep it clean. Keep our conscience clean and, and, and free from contamination. And our prayers will be much more uh, effective. In the book of James, chapter 4, verse 2, it says, And yet the reason you don't have what you want is that you... You don't ask God for it. Some people just fuss about, well, I don't, I didn't, I don't have it. 
Well, did you ask God? Well, no. Well, no, I never got around to doing that. This is one of the things to understand. He says, and yet the reason you don't have what you want is that you don't ask God for it, you know? Hmm. Now, some people say, well, I asked God for some stuff, and he didn't answer my prayer. Well, he goes on to explain some of that. In verse 3, he says, and even when you do ask, you don't get it because your whole motive is wrong. Your motive is wrong. He says, you want, what's that next word? Only. You want only what will give you pleasure. Hmm. We must maintain pure motives. And God don't mind you having pleasure. But if every waking moment, all your prayers is only about pleasure, 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 pleasure. And he says here, and even when you do ask, you don't get it because your whole motive is wrong. You want only what will give you pleasure. Now, understand this. Uh, Ruth Graham, that was Billy Graham's wife. They're both in heaven now. But she said this. She said, God has not always answered my prayers. If God had answered all my prayers, I would have married the wrong man several times. Are you glad that God is patient at times? And he doesn't always give you what you want right off the bat because he's got something better in store for you? That's just the truth of it. We need to understand that. But we must stay in a, a good, close relationship with Jesus, and we must keep his word in our heads and in our heart. It's life-changing when you go to pray. Now, I'm going to read one more verse that we read last week, but it's, it's life-changing. If we can get a hold of this, it changes the way we pray. It changes the power that comes to our prayers. And it says in John 15, 7, it says, But if you stay joined to me, and this is Jesus talking, no separation. He says, if you stay joined to me and my word, that's the Bible, remain, my words remain in you. And see, his word is so powerful. And he tells us in Ephesians 5, 26, I believe it is, he talks about the washing of the water of the word. God's word, it washes our hearts and it washes our mind and it helps keep us clean. God's word going in. It, it, it purifies us. And he said here in verse 7, uh, John 15, 7, it says, But if you stay joined to me and my words remain in you, you may ask any request you like and it will be granted. Now, that sounds almost too good to be true, but if you're, if you're old enough in, in Christ, you've learned to believe what God says in his word. Whether it sounds too good or not. It's the truth. It just is, you know. Um, let me see here if I got my, uh, got my little bag here. Oh, yeah. Thought I might have left it in the back there somewhere. Oh, oh man. I hope it still works. You've only seen me pull this thing out of my bag couple hundred times you know and uh i I know that yeah you're not supposed to shine at people sometimes did i accidentally push that button oh man oh wow let me explain something to you how this relates to us all the power that we will ever need in our life 
already dwells in us in the person of the Holy Spirit. When you've asked Christ into your life and you've opened yourself up and surrendered for God to fill you with his Holy Spirit, all the power you'll ever need to do anything that God's called and created you to do, you already got that power there. Does that make sense so far? Okay, now watch. All the power I need for a couple of days of darkness to, to wander around up on the mountain, all the power I need is right here. What you laughing about? What's happening? You got to turn the switch on. On this one happens to be right there on the back here. I've got another one very similar. It's like the switch is up here. And there's another one. You just tighten the cap and it comes on. You know. But all the power is right here. I've just got to learn how to access it. And the power that God wants you to have, much of that power is right there in you because the Holy Spirit abides within you. we got to understand that. In Psalms 33, verse 6, it says, The Lord merely spoke, and the heavens were created. He breathed the word, and all the stars were born. He merely spoke. He breathed the word, and, and, and things began to happen. See, speaking and, and praying, God's word is powerful. And, and prayer is the switch that releases his power. You remember last week, while I was talking and reading scriptures, I was dropping something on the floor. What was I dropping? Train track. And I was dropping these tracks and dropping these tracks and dropping these tracks. And at the end of the service, there was a train on that track. And it would follow wherever the tracks were at. And, and as we learned last week, that when you and I pray, every time you pray, you're dropping a track. You're dropping a track. You're dropping a track. You're dropping a track. And God's locomotive power that he is sending to you can't get to you if you don't have some track leading to you. And our prayer is the train track that leads God's power to us. That's one of the ways that we turn on the power is by prayer. Are we praying? Sincerely, persistently praying I'm going to tell you whatever it is that you need. I am telling you it's accessible to you. The power of God is available for you to access whatever it is that you need. Listen to what Jesus goes on to say in Matthew chapter 6. He says, but when you pray, when you're praying, every time you pray, you're dropping a track. You're laying a track down so his power can find its way to you. And as Jesus said, but when you pray, go away by yourself. Go away. Have you ever heard people talk about it? It's in the Bible. It talks about having a prayer closet. Yes. It's praying alone. Now, we talked about a little bit last week when Hezekiah, he didn't go into a closet, but he just turned his face to the wall. And he turned his back on everything else that was trying to get his attention. And he just got alone with God right there between him and that wall. And God answered his prayer in a phenomenal kind of a way. Well, here he says, Jesus says, but when you pray, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you, and pray to your father, how? Secretly. It's nobody else's business he's telling us right here. You know, it's in this private chamber and you're withdrawing from the world. 
You're actually shutting the world out, you know, just so you can have communications with Almighty God. So it says here, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you, and pray to your father secretly. Then your father, who knows all secrets, will reward you. Your father, when you pray in secret, your father will reward you because, see, prayer is between you and God. You understand that? It's not between everybody else, you know. Now, the Pharisees in the, the Bible that we read about those guys, they turned prayer into a performance. They love to, to be in the synagogues, and they love to stand on the street corners and pray publicly. Oh, thou most wonderful, mighty, omnipotent, wonderful, beautiful, heavenly Father who inhabits all eternity. And on and on and blah, 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 blah. You know what the Bible says? He says that's all they will get out of that prayer. It won't be answered. All they get is that it was a performance and people saw them do it. But their prayer will not be answered. That's what the Bible says. So if, if we're for praying as a performance, you're not going to get no prayers answered if you're doing it as a performance, you see. That's why he says you get alone. Because you don't do it. When it's just you and God in a secret place, it's you and him and you're pouring your heart out to him, that's where you get sincere. It's no longer performance oriented. And that's what he's talking about here. Um, so there's long repetitive uh, phrases, you know, that's not prayer. Lyndon Johnson's press secretary, you know, he was a president once upon a time, Bill Moyer, um, was praying at a staff lunchtime. And the president shouted out, Speak up, Bill, I can't hear a thing. And Moyer quietly replied, I wasn't addressing you, Mr. President, you know. And it's very good for us to remember that when we're praying, we're talking to God. We're not talking to other people. We're talking real prayer is not a performance. Real prayer is communicating with God, telling God what you need, and learning to pray the word, and your prayers will be energized. You'll access his power. Now, Jesus goes on to tell us here in Matthew 7, verse 7, it says, keep on asking. When you're asking, when you're praying, you're laying down track. For God's locomotive power to find its way to your doorstep. And it says here, keep on praying and you, what does that say? You will be given what you ask for. God says that in his word. If you sinful people, verse 11 says, if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give good gifts to those who ask him? Now, this is the scripture so many times throughout the Old and New Testament. He's beckoning us to pray. And he's telling us he'll answer our prayers. That's what God's telling us in his word. So always be praying. Always be laying down track. You know, the Bible says pray without ceasing. It's just like breathing. How many of y'all like to keep on breathing? You know, you know, another breath. And sometimes we don't really appreciate it until like we're short-winded or we got a call for something and it's hard to get our breath. And then we all of a sudden we value it. But prayer should be the same way, you know, that we're always in communications with Almighty God. 
And it's not always asking, but it's, it's thanking him for what he did. Now, did anybody see the sunset yesterday? It was fantastic. When Susan and I were leaving from church last night, we were looking like, wow. You know, if we were saying, well, we got home because it's higher than here. We would see it. And we could see a part of it, but she convinced me to go driving all around the place to higher ground, you know, so we could see it. And over on this side was these reds and oranges and blue, and there's some sky, and it was glorious. And over here was these great big old white puffy clouds that had lightning shooting inside of it. It was like, wow. And it was like, we were talking about this is like a living, a living artwork. It was changing, but it was beautiful. And no one would ever see exactly what I saw because I'm at a little bit different angle. It was wonderful. God did that just for us. Now, you probably got to enjoy some of it, but he did it for me, you know. No, he did it for all of us. He really did because he loves us. He's crazy about us. And so our prayer can just be like, God, you're amazing. You're awesome. You did that for me. Thank you, Lord. And the, how many of y'all enjoying summertime? Anybody thank God for summertime recently? If you don't, it's going to probably snow on you tomorrow, you know? Because we have a tendency to forget, you know, what the alternative could be. Anyhow, he tells us here in 1 John, this is a powerful, powerful verse. In 1 John chapter 5, verse 14, and he says, and we can be confident that he will listen to us whenever we ask him for anything in line with his will. Now, how are we going to find out what God's will is? He gave us a book. It's the Bible. We read it. We study it. You know, sometimes we sing it. We speak it. But he said in 1 John 5, 14, and we can be confident that he will listen to us whenever we ask him for anything in line with his will. And when we're asking, we're laying down a track, laying down a track, laying down a track. And then he says in verse 15, and if we know he is listening, and if we're asking in line with his will, we know he is listening. And he says, and if we know he's listening, when we make our request, we can be sure that he will give us what we ask for. Now, I didn't make this stuff up. This is, this is fantastic. This is amazing. He says, Pray according to my will, you know, just pray according to my will. Now, is it God's will that your friends and your loved ones and your neighbors come to know Jesus in a personal way? Yes. So if a person says, oh, Father, please, you know, forgive and, and, and bring to salvation my, my family member, if it be your will. That's not a biblical prayer. That's not a biblical prayer because he's already told us. You can read it in the Bible. It is his will that none perish, but that all come to the knowledge of Jesus, the Lord and Savior. So we got to find out what his will is. And when you pray according to God's will, you begin to pray for someone to come to know Christ. And you go to God boldly. And you, and you go with faith, believing that God's going to answer your prayer because he's the one who told us to pray that way. It changes things. It changes things when we go, well, God, yeah, yeah I know you're busy. And I know you don't really want to answer my prayer. You know, I, I'm sorry. It didn't even bother you. That ain't the kind of prayer that gets answered. But he tells us to go boldly. That's what I'm talking about, to go boldly. Now, Stonewall Jackson, he was a man of prayer. When he was praying, he was actually laying down track, you know. And uh, 
He once said, I have no fix, uh, I have so fixed the habit of prayer in my mind that I never raise a glass of water to my lips without asking God's blessing. Think about it. Never do I seal a letter without putting a word of prayer under that seal. And never I take a letter from the mailbox without a brief sending of my thoughts and prayer heavenward. And never change a class in the lecture room without a minute's prayer for a prayer for the cadets who are going out and for the new cadets who are coming in. He was talking about everything I do, I'm praying. And it's not just always asking, gimme, gimme. You know, it's okay to ask for, for things. But it's also, thank you for that beautiful sunset, Lord. Thank you. Have you ever thanked God for water? Oh, man, this stuff is good. They don't put as much water in these bottles as they used to. I didn't really drink it. I just poured it all over myself, didn't I? But thank God, honestly, for water. How many of y'all thank God for luncheon just a little bit, you know? Wow. There are so many wonderful things that God allows us to enjoy and experience. So it doesn't all have to be about, Lord, I need this, I need this. It's like, I just want to No, I love you. I tell you, when the kids come walking down that sidewalk out there <clears throat> last night and today, and someone will make eye contact with me and they're halfway down the sidewalk, and when they see me, they go, they start running. <clears throat> when they get up there, I'll give them a little treat, and then they go, they high-five me. It's like, yes, I can go on home now. I mean, I, I made my day, you know. I love these kids, you know. That's the way God is toward us. He wants to give us stuff. He wants to help us. He wants to bless us. God feels that way. It's not like, well, God's going like, okay, let me see. Nah. All right, I'll answer that one for today. No, he's crazy about us. He loves us, so let's get to know him better. It changes the way you pray. It genuinely does. Luke chapter 11, verse 5. Jesus. It tells us here, it says, Then teaching them more about prayer, he, Jesus, used this illustration. He says, suppose you went to a friend's house at midnight. Now, picture this. You know, this is on the... 2nd of July, okay? You got friends who are supposed to be coming and visiting you on the 4th. But they come a day early. And they're at your house at 12 o'clock at night. And, and you didn't go grocery shopping yet. You don't have nothing. So, picture it that way. <laughs> Isn't this amazing? They just keep reproducing themselves right here. Thank you, Carol. This has nothing to do with the lesson, just so you know. Anyhow, <clears throat> he says, uh, then teaching him more about prayer, he used this illustration. Suppose you went to a friend's house at midnight wanting to borrow three loaves of bread. And you would say to him, a friend of mine has just arrived for a visit, and I have nothing for him to eat. He would call out, he would call out, from his bedroom, don't bother me. The door is locked. And it's going to stay locked too. 
The door is locked for the night. And we are all in bed. I can't. Or he's really saying, I'm not willing to help you this time. Now you got to understand, all of his kids are asleep. It's 12 o'clock at night. Finally got the last one into bed. You know, if, if I get up, get bread for everybody, the kids go, I'm hungry, Dad, you know. I need some more. i got to go potty. It's going to take a couple hours to get all the kids back to bed. He said, you come tomorrow. I'll give you anything you want, but I'm not getting up now. This is what's happening right there. He'd call off from his bedroom. You're not going to Don't bother me. The door is locked for the night, and we are all in bed, and I can't help you this time. And Jesus is the one who's saying this. But I'll tell you this, though. Though he won't do it as a friend, if you keep knocking long enough. <laughs> and all of a sudden, the neighbors are going, Hey, would you keep it down over there? And if you got a flashlight, you're shining it in his window, you know. Jesus said, I'll tell you though, I'll tell you this, though he won't do it as a friend if you keep knocking long enough, he'll get up and give you what you want. Now, I like the way the King James Bible says it. It says, yet because of his importunity, he's going to get up and give you what you want. Importunity is talking about this shameless boldness, this unblushing persistence, unrelenting Doggedly, tirelessly, I'm talking about determination and you're not embarrassed. Now, let's just say for a moment, I got family coming over for the 4th of July, you know. And let's just say I haven't gotten up, got all our little ducks in a row, and they got there early. So I go over to Charlie Vitus's house. Now, Charlie and Patty... They've had so many kids all their life. I'm sure their freezer is stocked with all kinds of good stuff, right? Yeah, absolutely. So I go over to Charlie's, and I'm going, hey, Charlie, I know it's late. I'm sorry to bother you right now, Charlie, but I got to get, I'll pay it back tomorrow, but I got to get some food, you know. Family's there, you know, and and Charlie's going, you know, Pastor Ron, we've had a very long day. It's been really busy. Patty's uh, there sleeping and all, and, and all. Now, I'm going to tell you, if this actually happened, just like that, and Charlie says, I'll see you tomorrow, okay? I'll even deliver it tomorrow. And I'm going, Charlie, they're there now. They're hungry right now. Charlie, Charlie! The neighbors are, oh, hey, would y'all keep it down over there, you righteous guys? You know? And Charlie says, tomorrow, close the door. Charlie, I know you're in there. You know, would I do that? You bet your bottom dollar I would. Because I know that Charlie loves me. Now, it's not like I'm asking a total stranger. But I know if he loves me. He's just tired. And he doesn't know he has the energy to get up. But he will figure out shortly when I don't go away, i got to go and give that guy some bread so he'll leave me alone. Thank you, Charlie, for helping me out, okay? Would you help me out if I did that for real? See, when you got a relationship, it inspires faith, does it not? You know you can go to somebody, and you know you're shamelessly bold because you have a need, and you know they love you, 
Even if they're tired, oh, they'll get up eventually and help you out. And this is what Jesus is saying here in verse 8. But I'll tell you this, though he won't do it as a friend, if you keep knocking long enough, he will get up and give you what you want so his reputation won't be damaged. Verse 9 says, and so I tell you, this is Jesus talking to us, so I tell you, keep on asking. And you will be given what you ask for. Keep on looking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be opened. Now, if I had had time, we ran out of time with all the things we was doing, but I was going to drop, you know, we have holes in this roof and we've done some crazy things before. But I was going to drop a climbing rope down from that hole there and go up here and I was going to have to go up there and hook down to a great big bell. So when I, you know, pull it, ding. And so you can just kind of visualize when we pray, it rings this bell in God's presence, you know, lets them know what we're needing. But I wonder if, if that was a reality, I wonder if, if God would ever hear the bell that the rope comes into your life. You kind of go, yeah, Lord bless us, amen. It's like, it didn't even hardly jingle the bell. Or do you ever even put on the bell at all? I tell you what, if there's a great enough need, I think what would happen is we'd jump up, grab a hold of that bell, and we'd be jerking on it and jerking on it and jerking on it. And God is okay with that. But you're jerking on it with confidence, with faith, knowing that God loves me, and he said in his word I could ask him, and he'd provide whatever I need according to his riches and glory. He said that. I didn't make that up. Are we ever bold enough to, to ring the bell? We pull it down here and it rings in his presence. Let's him know, hey, we got a need right now. Truth of it is, he might even already know about your need. What do you think? Let's pick this on back up here in verse 10, the next verse. And uh, Jesus is talking to us and he says in verse 10, he says, for, what's that next word? 50% of the people who ask, what's it say? For everyone who asks receives. Jesus says, for everyone who seeks, finds. And the door is open to everyone who knocks. And Jesus understands knocking. He genuinely understands knocking. And when we knock, he says he's going to open the door. Did you know, though, that he knocks also? We're not the only one who does the knocking. He says we knock and, and, and it'll be open to us. But listen to what he says here in the book of Revelation, chapter 3, verse 20. It says, and Jesus is speaking, he says, look. Here I stand at the door. Talking about the door of her heart. Here I stand at the door and I knock. And if you hear me calling and you open the door, I will come in. She's talking about to us. And I will share a meal as what? As friends. I'm talking about maintaining a fantastic relationship. So if we maintain, we abide in him and then his word, it abides in our, 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 our head, our mind and, and our heart. We can ask whatever we will, and, and it'll be done. He says that over and over in Old Testament and New Testament. He's getting the message to us that he loves us. He's crazy about us. He really is. And he wants to answer our prayers more than we want our prayers to be answered, to be honest with you. How persistent are you in praying? And how persistent are you praying the scriptures? Praying what the word says. It's very important that we are. You know, every time you pray, you're laying down a track. That locomotive power, it's really the Holy Spirit power is coming your way. 
Have you laid down the track so it can get to you? You know. Uh, let's look at Matthew chapter 6, verse 8 real quickly. And it says here, Your father knows exactly what you need even before you ask. Did you know that? You know, there was a guy, a kid, and when I read this many years ago, it caught my attention because I did stuff like this other kid did. Now, if I, where we live down in South Carolina, I often, we live down in the country, I often climbed up on the top of our house. There was a, a pole there that my dad had an antenna on, and I'd climb up on that pole, and I'd step over and get on top of the house. And on the other side of the house was a great big old pine tree. That rascal was probably at least that big around, and it was only about this far from the house. And I'd push my back against that tree and put my feet on the house, and I'd scoot up and get on top of the house. And I hung out there. People didn't know where Ronnie was at. You know, this is my little private place up on top of the house. So when I was reading this article about this other kid, it's like, wow, you got my attention. And the kid was up there doing the same kinds of things I'm doing, and he slipped on, on the shingles there, and he began to tumble. And he's getting close to the edge of the house there, and he's sincerely, you know, crying out to God, please help! And there happened to be a nail in the roof. Looked about like that. The guys who shingled the house before he was born left it up there. Now, if the parents had seen the, that nail in the roof where they put the boards down and these little things where you can put, lay all your shingles and you can stand up there, the folks would have been upset. And, Get that nail out of my roof! But nobody saw it till many years later when a kid was rolling down the side of the roof getting ready to plunge off and surely get hurt when he hit the ground below. And the kid said, Oh God, please help! And then guess what happened? The nail at the right place grabbed his belt loop there and he stopped. Let me just read that verse one more time. Your father knows exactly what you need even before you ask him. God had put that nail there before that kid was born for him. But, but do we believe that or are we just take it for granted? And then the kid said, never mind God, the nail stopped me. Don't even give him credit for it. I wonder how that's not like we are sometimes. God answers our prayers and we give somebody else the credit for it, you know. Oh, so, so this happened and that happened. And so forth. Okay, uh, one more little group of scriptures here. It's really important. Hebrews 10, 19, it says, And so, dear friends, we can boldly enter heaven's most holy place. Did you hear that? And so, dear friends, we can boldly, because we've got a clear conscience, we can boldly enter heaven's most holy place. Because of the blood of Jesus, his sacrifice. Now you got to understand back in those days, the high priest could go into the most holy place on earth, the holy of holies, once a year, you know, because he, he was living a pure life and he made sacrifices. And did you know that he had bells on, on the hem of his uh, garments there and they would tie a rope to his leg. You know why they tied a rope to his leg? Because if his heart wasn't right, 
and he was struck dead in the presence of Almighty God, ain't nobody going in there to get him. They're just going to pull the rope and get him out and say, we need a new high priest, you know. That's the kind of way it was. I mean, for real. That, that, that's what the scriptures tells us and understanding that culture. But he says here, and so, dear friends, we can go boldly in, to enter heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. This is a new life-giving way. And we don't need to be fearful. Jesus took our punishment. This is a new life-giving way that Christ has opened up for, for us, for, for you and me. This is a new and improved way. You don't have to go through this priest anymore. What Jesus did took care of all that. This is a new life-giving way that Christ has opened up for us through the sacred curtain by means of his death for us. Through Jesus, anybody, man, woman, boy, and girl, can go boldly into the throne room of God any time of the day. It's like, you know, this is our third service. I forget what I said at the other ones or not. But I tell you all about my kids who come into my office anytime they want to. No, well, I'm going to tell you again if I did, all right? Since my, we've had kids, I've always told my kids, no matter who I'm meeting with, you can always bust into my office anytime you want to and you can talk to Dad. I didn't want them to think that Dad's growing up and they're growing up and they never could get a hold of Dad. You can always interrupt anything I'm doing for a few minutes and then we'll talk to you. Let me know what's going on. So when I'm done with this appointment, I'm with you. You know, you got my undivided attention. And that was okay, and that's what God is saying to us through his word. You and I can burst into God's throne room 24-7, day or night, and we can get God's attention. He's waiting. Oh, I can't wait to see my girl. can't wait to see my boy. You know, come on in. That's what this passage is telling us. No longer do we have to go to a priest, and the priest goes to the Almighty God, and then the priest comes back and tells us, you know, no more of that. We go straight to him ourselves. That's what he's telling us right here. So let me pick up in verse 20 again. This is a new life-giving life. This is a new and improved way. This is a new covenant we have that Christ has opened up for us through the sacred curtain by means of his death. And since we have a great high priest, that Jesus is our high priest now, and since we have a great high priest who rules over God's people, that's talking about us, let us go right into the presence of God. We can go boldly right into, 24-7, into the presence of God with a true heart, talking about a clean heart, got to have a clean conscience, and all fully trust in Him. It's talking about faith. Fully trust in Him. For our evil consciences have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean. And our bodies have been washed with pure water. talks about the washing of the water of the Word. Ephesians chapter 5 tells us that. It purifies us. And he says here, verse 23, without wavering, without doubting, let us hold tightly to the hope. Hope is a confident expectation for the future. Let us hold tightly to the hope we say we have, for God can be trusted to keep his promise. You trust him? God keeps his promise. I may break my promise. I may be too tired. I may be exhausted. Or I may run out of resources. But God keeps his promises, we can say, he says here, we can, uh, for God can be trusted to keep his promises. And then in Psalms 138, it says, your promises, talking about Almighty God's, his word and his promise, your promises are backed by all the honor of your name. Almighty, most high, 
God's word, his promises are backed by, he says, all the honor of your name. And verse 3 says, when I pray, you answer me. First Kings chapter 8, verse 56 says, not one word has failed of all the wonderful promises that he gave. Wow. I, I, I read about this woman who had gone to the theater. And while she's in the theater seeing the show, she lost a very, very expensive brooch, you know, crusted with diamonds. So it took her a couple of days to figure out that she lost it. And then she called up the manager of the theater. Nobody was there, well, except the, the staff who took care of it and all. And uh, she said, uh, would you look and see if you could find this brooch? It's very meaningful to me, very valuable. And the manager, he said, hang on. So he went, he got his staff. Everybody got there. They went through the whole theater. Boom! They found the diamond brooch. Came back to the phone. Hello, guess what? We found it. Hello? She hung up. She hung up before he got back. I'm telling you, when you pray, don't hang up on God. He's got what you need. Don't hang up on, but hang on. Don't hang up on God, but hang on. Hold on to what God has said in his word. He is not a liar. We just need this, uh, what's what's that word that starts with P? Patience. Are y'all patient people? I'm getting some real weird looks from you guys out there. He said the P word, you know. Patience and all. Working on it, okay. Let me see. One more more verse and we're done, okay? Oh, I think I need some water. I'm just seeing if y'all are being patient with me, okay. He says here, picking up here in Hebrews again, verse 10. He tells us, he says, do not throw away this confident trust. Do not throw away this confident trust. Don't throw away your faith. He says, do not throw away this confident trust in the Lord, no matter what happens. Remember the great reward it brings you, this confident trust. He tells us. Go back and read Hebrews chapter 10 all the way down to verse 35. Do not throw away this confident trust in the Lord. No matter what happens, remember the great reward it brings you. Here's that word, 36. Patient endurance is what you need now so you will continue to do God's will. Then you will receive, what's the next word? All. All. That, sorry, I woke up some of you guys back over there. Then you will receive all that he has promised. You'll receive all that he's promised. I am telling you, God wants to answer our prayers. He wants to teach us how to pray, to pray his word. You go to the Father in the name of Jesus. You know, and there's more, so much more to this, and we'll discover it. And when we're finding these little things, just underline them, highlight them in our Bible. And we'll talk more about this, but God wants to answer your prayers. For, for yourself and for your family and for your, your community and for your fellow workers. He wants to answer your prayers because he loves you. He's crazy about you. He wants to. So just keep a clean conscience, you know, and, and, and keep ourselves with his word going in to our eyes and through our ears. And, and it's getting into our head and getting into our heart. And, and you're praying prayers. It's going to be answered over and over and over and over. He tells us this. Don't get impatient and hang up on God. 
You missed the blessing that he was sending your way. You know what? I know we're a little over time here. And I can hear your stone scrowling. Or maybe that's mine. Saying, we need some food down here with all this water you drink, you know. But we do genuinely need to be patient. That's part of faith, is being patient. The great men of faith in the Bible says they obtained all the promises of God after they had patiently endured. And I do believe that you will have more prayers answered than ever. But it's not like a, a Aladdin's lamp. It's because you got a relationship. Like I have a relationship with Charlie. I can ask and get some help. Because I know he loves me. I know he cares about me. He's not just a stranger. And God loves you and he cares about you. And he's going to help you. But let's just follow proper order. And let's just do it biblically. Let's bow our heads. Father, we come to you in the name of your son, Jesus, the name above every name. We thank you, Father, that you've invited us into your throne room. And Lord, you told us to come boldly. That's awesome that you have given us such a privilege and a great invitation. Bless my brothers and sisters here in this room and watching online and downstairs. Bless, excuse me, each and every one, Father, and and help this to become a reality to us where prayer would not be so much a thing we do occasionally. It just becomes a way of life where we commune with you and we talk with you and we praise you and we, we thank you and we ask you that we have an ongoing relationship. Lord, help us to, to make that a reality in our own lives. Bless the men in this room. Bless the women. Just nudge us into this closer relationship closer than we ever knew was possible. As our heads are bowed right now, I would ask you to reaffirm your faith in Christ before we leave. And those of you who don't know Jesus at all, you've never really prayed a prayer like this, would you join us and declare your faith as others would, you know, just reaffirm their faith. Would you pray with me right now? Dear Heavenly Father, I believe that you love me. That's why you sent your son, Jesus. And I believe he shed his blood for me. And I believe he rose from the dead. I believe that Jesus is knocking at the door of my heart. I hear the knock. And I open the door. And I welcome Jesus into my life. I know he hears me knocking. When I'm praying and he answers, I believe in Jesus as my Savior, as my Lord, as my King, as my provider, as my healer, as my dear friend. Your will be done in me. In Jesus' name. 